So, pilgrimages to Medjugorje are now officially allowed. Wait, they were not allowed before? I should repeat, official pilgrimages. The last we heard was that only private pilgrimages were allowed, but nothing that would make it look like the church officially approved of the apparitions there. What apparitions? In case you've never heard of Medjugorje, the small village in Bosnia-Herzegovina, Mary has supposedly been appearing there daily since 1981. She first appeared to six young people for some 10 years, and now she continues to appear to three of them. It's a very popular pilgrimage site, and I have to say it's a place of great blessings and grace. But part of the confusion has to do with the fact that since 1982, the church has been investigating and cannot reach a conclusion as to the supernatural nature or origin of these events, partly because the apparitions are ongoing and the church does not normally approve or disprove these phenomena until after after they stop happening. But a few weeks ago, it was officially announced that official group pilgrimages to Medjugorje are allowed. Still, nothing has been approved, but they have not been disproved either. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Even if the church approves a Marian apparition, Catholics are not required to believe in them. And even if they are not approved, if going there brings you closer to Christ, that's good, right? After all, that's what Mary wants. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Billy Chen. And I'm Emily Callen. Hello, and we're back with a uh, regular program this week. Yeah, regular. Absolutely. absolutely. I, I want to say that um, most people, I don't know, most people listen to this program on the Catholic Channel, on SiriusXM. Definitely anybody that ever writes, all the mail that we get are people that listen to it on the Catholic Channel. SiriusXM Channel 129, so a shout nice. out. Nice. Shout, shout out, out to yes. all the people yeah. listening on the Catholic Channel. Hello. And our friends at the Catholic Channel, uh, Channel 129. Um, some people listen to online, I guess. Yeah, um, a lot. And uh, and they comment on Facebook and, and everything. Yeah, please keep go. commenting. I mean, you know. Commenting I, on Facebook. I'm, I'm lonely. Billy's lonely. <laughs> you can send him uh, messages on Twitter at B. Joe Chan. Emily is... At, at Emmy, Emmy Callen. Callen. And I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. You can also email us, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of ways to reach us here yeah. at Salt and Light. You bet. The Salt and Light Hour. Anyway, so Emily, we have yeah. some news today. We do have some news today. Um, so one regarding the Knights of Columbus. Mm. Some exciting stuff okay. happening in the Knights we of won't Columbus. Tell you what it is. No. It's coming up um, in five minutes. As well, uh, something from the states. So we're going to talk about uh, this this new thing that's happening <laughs> around abortion in Missouri. Uh, I just I don't. Oh, know you how just gave it away. I did. I know. Well, it's kind of hard to not know that it's happening all over the states. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, well, the Pope is traveling to a certain Pope place. Yeah, Pope is going to be in Romania. You you just gave it <laughs> oh, away. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Most people know. You anyway, both. anyway. So you want details on the Romania trip? Details on the Knights of Columbus? We don't know the Knights of Columbus story. No. All right. And uh, and uh, something that's happening in the U.S. That's in about five minutes. News with Why Emily Why am I Callen. even here? No, because <laughs> I don't know the details. I just know the headlines. I don't know the details. Um, and after that, Billy, we're going to do... Uh, we keep going. Keep, keep going, going with the, questions with on questions the Eucharist. on the Eucharist. A lot of Those questions. are all hard questions, Billy. They are very hard questions. I, I just realized that they are hard. They're hard. I thought they are very easy. And That's why Jesus says this was a hard teaching and, yeah. and everybody, not everybody, but some people stopped following it because mm-hmm. it's a hard teaching. So that's in about... 
10 minutes or so, yeah. uh, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. Um, and then, okay, so here's a question for you guys. Um, how do you feel <laughs> this? I don't even know how to ask this. Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about spreading the love of Christ to young people? <laughs> oh. uh, well, thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> <laughs> Um, thumbs up for sure, always. Okay, so may, okay, so you people. were Emily. You were part of a, a of an organization called Catholic Christian Outreach, right? Campus yeah. ministry, campus mm-hmm. uh, missionaries. You Ca- were a yes, campus missionary, it, yeah, exactly. So, what was that work like? Spreading the love of Christ yeah. So, to I young mean, basically, that's that we were doing every day, right? As best we could. That's what but some people are that's doing. That's what people, yeah. <laughs> some people yeah. are doing every day. I mean, yeah. everyone needs to be doing that every day, right? I think. Yes. Um, this the the mission that I was a part of was a very dedicated mission. Uh, we were doing, you know, Bible studies and wow. bringing people to different <laughs> events with talks, right. Eucharistic adoration, like really just kind of helping them understand better what the Catholic faith was about and also just yeah. journeying with them, right? right? Being friends with them, hang out, going for coffee yeah. and drinks, right? Just getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful things happened yeah. in the lives so, of a lot of those young so people. You so were, you were part of the Synod. And what right. did, the, did the Synod have anything to say about groups like CCO and other groups that might be doing specifically that kind of work, movements? Yeah. Um, well, they were actually saying that there are a lot of movements and, uh, and organizations that are always kind of springing up, right? The whole Holy Spirit brings about new charisms mm-hmm. in the church for the present time. Right. And and actually Pope Francis in his post apostolic post synodal exhortation yes. post apostolic post apocalyptic post synodal exhortation. Can we say that in Latin now? Post synodal um, post synodal exhortation uh, Christus, Christus Vivid. Vivid. Yep. He mentions those kinds of movements, right? And yeah. and he he specifically talks about the need for charismatic Proclamation. Mm. So, Kerigma. Kerigma, that's a big word. which yeah. is yeah. We'll deal so, with that in talking church for about dummies, uh, we should day. we should actually talk another about day. what is the kerygma. No, yeah. um, talking <laughs> about the, the the death and resurrection of Jesus yeah. Christ. The right? good news. I mean, the that's the news. message, right? Exactly. The so the Pope talks about that. He also warns about um, a uh, the danger of maybe staying in our little circles and yeah. being individualistic with our groups, right. so that those charismas are not made meant to be static, or those movements are not or meant to be static or kept to ourselves, but but f- yeah. for okay, for so to so share. it sounds like you're saying it's all good things. Um, the reason why I'm asking <laughs> all that to say why how can so, love Christ um, not be good? You guys have heard of an organization called Net Ministries, of course, of course, Net National Evangelization I, I Teams. <laughs> okay, so Net, no, you might not, okay. because it's not. Do they do French teams they in do. Canada? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Net. Um, uh, national evangelization teams uh, very similar to CCO or Focus in the United States although CCO and Focus do campus ministry Um, what NET does are parish teams and more teenagers Um, so in our second half hour we're going to be talking about NET and the work specifically that they do with Julia Carvalho she's the recruiting coordinator uh, for Net Ministries, the National Evangelization Teams. So uh, if you don't know what that is or if you think that you might be called to service or a new adventure or anything like that, um, bringing the love of Christ to young people, maybe Net is for you. So stick around. That'll be in about uh, 20 minutes or so. We're going to be talking about Net Ministries. And then at the end of the program, we have a new artist. Oh. Isn't it amazing how we can always find new artists? Now, it's, he's not totally new because I've I've oh. heard about Lee Ressler, uh 
for about 10 or 12 years now. So he's been around for a, a little bit. Mm. But for some reason, I don't know why we've never... Uh, You've wrestled with it a lot. <laughs> oh, 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 Lee. So he's going to come in uh, in about uh, 40 minutes or so and roll his eyes at Emily. Um, so Lee Wrestler um, is going to be joining us uh, at the end of the program. And uh, to tell us all about his music, and it's it's really good music. So why don't we start with a song? Here's Lee Wrestler with "How Sweet the Song" from his latest album, Coming Home. Before the sun could conquer night, before the mountains kiss the sky, you were there, breathing out new life from the deepest depth to the highest height. When you spoke, let there be light When you watched heaven and earth collide Creation sang a song to your delight And it said, God of power, God of might I'm lifting up my hands to you, my God For everything you are and what I am not I'm singing out in praise skies above How sweet the sound of your amazing love You are nothing but the truth There's no beginning worn into you There is perfection in everything you do Just by your presence I'm renewed Lifting up my hands to you, my God For everything you are and what I am not I'm singing out in praise to the skies above How sweet the sound of your amazing love I'm lifting up my hands to you, my God
That was Lee Wrestler with How Sweet the Song from his album Coming Home. And we're going to be speaking with Lee Wrestler in our second half hour. In about five minutes, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. But first, Emily, you're still here I, with our news. You're, you're still here. It's like you've accepted your fate. I've accepted my fate. <laughs> Emily's still here listening to Lee Wrestler. <laughs> so um, the Pope in Romania. Pope in um, Romania. He started his journey, his apostolic journey on Friday. And mm-hmm. he'll, he's there until Sunday. Um, and he's meeting the Orthodox and Catholic communities yep. as usual. That's his focus. Um, but of course, in, in particular, um, the Orthodox community in this case makes up 82% wow. of the 20 million inhabitants really? uh, in Romania. I know, that's huge. So Catholics are only 4% of the uh-huh. population uh, in Romania, um, the Romanian Catholic Church, Eastern and Latin Rite. Right. Um, so that church, just a little bit of background, because of course you can go on our website, saltandlighttv.org, to get more information about each of the events that the yeah. Pope is uh, is going to be attending, presiding. Yeah, participating in. Part- Participating in when he's in Romania, um, but the church dates dates back to the apostles Peter and Andrew, um, sure. when uh, Francis just before he left, and he he always he often does this before he goes to a country. He gives uh, makes a video message and sends it out yeah, to yeah, the yeah. world, um, and so he was recalling uh, seven bishops who died for their faith under the communist rule in Romania. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that 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 is going to be part of going yep. to be a, a focus of the. Um, uh, of his trip, uh, and he says that their their what they suffered um, for for their faith is too precious a legacy to be forgotten. So, um, so there'll be we'll probably hear more about about those bishops um, throughout the weekend. Um, and a cool little thing: John Paul II visited the country in mm-hmm. 1999. It was the first time that a pope actually went to Romania after the Great Schism, which happened in. Uh, 1054. Okay. So wow. it had been a long time. So now yes. Pope Francis is the second bishop to go to Romania. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, Pope. Pope. He is a bishop, but the Pope. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I was talking about Missouri. Now, yes. this is something that's been happening across um, the United State. State. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, but there was uh, this week, it was Missouri was kind of in the spotlight, um, which could be the first state in the U.S. to completely. I guess ban uh, abortion. Uh, the only reason for that is because Planned Parenthood is the only place or the only clinic the only that pro- exists provider. in that state. Uh-huh. Um, the only clinic that can perform abortions. So um, the the neighboring state, Illinois, does abortions, and so. Of course, women could go there. Um, But uh, Planned Parenthood was warned by the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services on May 20th. and the department described Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood services and practices as deficient. Um, the CEO of Planned Parenthood called uh, called that that decision by uh, the department a public health crisis, and that abortion care is health care. Um, and so, currently in Missouri, the abortion law um, abortion basically can only be performed in the case of medical emergency, but not in the mm-hmm. case of rape or incest. And any bo- abortions performed by doctors after eight weeks, um, well, those doctors can face up to 15 years of jail time. Wow. So Archbishop Robert Carlson of St. Louis, Missouri, um, said that uh, that the state, so after hearing this news, uh, said that the state t- took a giant step forward for the pro-life movement. So this is not the end of it. We'll be hearing no. a lot more about this particular situation in Missouri, but also and, in and other, all states the other states as well. Yeah, yeah. so state by state. Um, lots yeah. is happening in that department. 
movement at yes. the moment. Um, finally. Knights of Columbus. Yes. Um, so the Knights of Columbus uniform is getting a new look, Pedro. So I don't know if you heard about this. Again? No, so not again. Um, this has been kind okay, of so this in is the, the works. Official? Oh, this is the okay. official uh, change that is happening. Yeah, because so, we've had some, some. Yeah, yeah. There's been talk about it. Um, there was a vote that was done in 2017, yeah. mm-hmm. and since then, there's been consultation happening. So. If those of you don't know what the Knights of Columbus wear, really, when we're talking about the uniform, we're talking about the fourth degree knights. Yes. The f- so yes. those are the ones who are wearing the cape, the, uh, feathers the feathered and the sword. hat, yes. the sword, right? Um, so those are for the fourth degree members, and that'll be traded in for a new uniform officially come July 1st. Uh-huh. So that regalia... That's uh-huh. been exist. That's been in existence for seventy nine years. Yes. Um, will be now changed to uh, a dark gray pant, a uh, blue tie, black beret, and a blue blazer. Yes. But but we get to keep the sword. Oh, and the <laughs> members, cape. The cape is the best part. Well, members get to keep yeah. the sword. So yeah. um, so this idea was. To attract new men and young men in particular, yeah. And there's been a lot of research done on how to attract new members. There was a roundtable in March in the Archdiocese of Toronto with the Knights of Columbus of yeah. Ontario. Um, several young men were the, were invited, and they expressed their dislike mm-hmm. towards the traditional outfit of the fourth degree knights. Um, but one of the knights who was interviewed, I I, I found this news um, on Catholic News Service. Yeah. And one of the knights that was interviewed said. You know, even though you become a fourth degree knight, you you're not to obligated wear, yes, to wear it. Absolutely. So that I would say, you nobody joins the Knights so, of Columbus because they want to wear yeah. the feathers. Um, so you don't I, have to. I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. No. There you go. <laughs> anyway, okay, good. I yeah. thought that that uniform was already approved, but apparently it wasn't. July first. It is now. July first. Thank you, Emily, you're for welcome, that. Pedro. Emily Callan, our news producer. You can follow her at Emmy Callan. Hey, I'm Sarah Kroger, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can stay in touch with what's happening on this show by following me on Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan. Hello. Who has more questions... About the Eucharist. About the Eucharist. Yes, because this is the center... So complicated. No, he is. No, he is very complicated, I find. Yes. The more I I talk to you, the more... The more the more I know and I read. Yeah, no, that's good. And it's, it's quite fascinating, actually, you know, how how Catholic treat this. Yes. Very, very special. Now, you know, uh, we uh, the question is, it's an old joke. It's, it's an a old really joke? old joke. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if you heard about that, but it's a old, you're old, so you just should uh, <laughs> uh, know this joke before. Okay. Okay. Uh, Catholics or cannibals? Catholics are cannibals. Yes, the reason is this eat. because we eat Jesus, and yes. we 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 are not only eating Jesus; we really want to yes. eat Jesus. And um, okay, um, I've never heard that joke, but anyway, oh, you never yeah, heard that no, this joke? No, because it's not a joke. Oh, I, I find it a joke because Do people actually are, go around saying the Catholics are cannibals. No, I I I, I read something online. I've heard the Catholic were vampires because we oh. drink blood. <laughs> that I've heard. I like that. Yes, but but you know this is it. You know um, why why. Do, do we, we want to eat Jesus? Jesus said. Yeah. Didn't and we Jesus already talk said, about this? Jesus said John 6. Did you read uh, it? I know. Jesus said, you know, un- unless you eat my flesh. Yes. Right? And he didn't just say it once, okay? He actually said it like four times. 
I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me, that's the first thing. And then people grumbled. And then he said, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna, but here is the bread. And then he says, whoever eats this bread, he hasn't actually quite said, eat me, but he's saying that he's the bread and whoever eats the bread. And then he says, the bread is my flesh. And then they argued. And then he says, he doesn't say, oh, no, 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 sorry. I didn't mean you actually have to eat me. He says, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. And then he says it again. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. And then he says it again. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Okay. Whoever. So he says it like five times, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and my question is, why? So why? Because he's. Eating. I why, don't know. Why Ask Jesus. Yeah, this. You know. I'll I'll tell you what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Because 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 pagan pagan religions believed uh-huh. that they had to feed the gods, mm. that God demanded. Like in in the Aztecs, it's a classic example that they had to f- sacrifice people so the oh. gods could be fed. Jesus turns this whole thing uh, upside down. God is not a hungry God that needs to be fed by us. Wow. God is a God that feeds us with his own flesh. Not only is he the food that we need, but he, like, not only, sorry, not only does he feed us, (laughs) but he is the very food that we need. Okay. And and how, uh, uh, like, this idea that, like, how close can you get to someone? Yeah, yeah. to, To be eaten to, by to them. consume it to right consu- to, to, yeah exactly I mean that's uh, that's pretty intimate so mm-hmm. that's why it's a hard teaching and then John 6 finishes by saying that many people stop following him that's good after he said that you see you know I really like this answer but I do not know if it's right right but of course it's right it's <laughs> scriptural right it's that's good John chapter 6 read that's it. good so that's why we treat um, um, Eucharist mm-hmm. extremely carefully Right. Yeah, with respect. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we we use chalice. You know, yes. we use you know, the, the the cup, right? Yes. You know that we we, we yeah the chalice we use for the for the blood, and they even there's even different uh, material. That, yes. Uh, when when we build, make the chalice, and what are the rules? Yeah. Well, and that's in the there's a document called the General Instruction on the Roman Missal, so the germ. So mm-hmm. anything any questions you have about liturgy. It's in the GERM, G-I-R-M, General Instruction on Roman Missile. You can find it online, type it in. And and really, that's actually a more of a practical thing and not yeah. so much a respect thing. Um, oh. Number 328 says that sacred vessels should be made from precious metal, but I think that that's practical because precious metal is not a material that will absorb the liquid mm-hmm. in the case of the wine. The, 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 uh, so it can be used by exactly. glass as well, right? Um, but it does say that it should be made from precious metal. If they're made from metal that rusts, so you don't want to use a metal that of rusts. Course. So that's why a lot of times they're, they're gold-plated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but according to the germ, the, any bishop's conference can make decisions uh, uh, to use other materials according to the customs of the people. So that could include uh, wood or 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 uh, ceramic or anything like that, but it but it's got to be approved by the Episcopal Conference. And again, the, the 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 practicality is that you don't want a material that's going to easily break or or absorb the liquid or uh, 
or be uh, could, could get easily get contaminated. Mm, okay, so so you are kind of protecting it yeah, as well, it, it, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's it's protecting it, but it's also just a practical thing. And also, you know, when you know, um, for Catholic, we when we distribute the hose and the blood, yeah. especially the blood, the wine, yes, we we don't use small cup. You know, some some uh, different um, yeah uh, yeah places, uh, not Catholic, they they, they use they different use cup, cups. which is easier to distribute. But, yeah, uh, that's why? a good question. I'm mm. not entirely sure but there is in fact the germ does talk about that and on, on, on ways like what's appropriate distribution and it says that especially for the for the so with the Eucharist you have to have a Eucharistic minister that actually gives Give. it to you okay you don't take it you mm-hmm. don't put a little plate in the middle and everybody yeah. grabs a yeah. piece yeah okay so it, it has to be given to you and I think that uh, that's reflecting of Jesus saying Jesus gives it to us take and eat and we receive it you don't mm. grab the body of Christ. <laughs> we don't take it. It we receive it. Okay. Um, uh, and it's the same with the chalice. Now it does even say, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but if there, if you ever have more than one priest con- yeah. celebrating or, yeah. or multiple bishops, they ca- the chalice is placed on the altar and they take turns and they each take the chalice yes. and drink and put it back. Yeah. People with a congregation, we don't do that. You, you, Billy doesn't walk up to the altar and grab that chalice and drink. Yeah. A minister has to hand it to you. Same thing. He gives it mm. to you. You receive it. You drink and you give it back to the minister. Um, in in the places where well, intinction, intinction is that you take the bread and you put it in the wine. You, you dip, dip it, it mm-hmm. dip it in the wine. <laughs> in that case, it's the same thing. It's the minister that takes the host, dips it in the wine, and puts it in your mouth. Oh, I cannot do it myself. You cannot do it yourself. Oh, I did it before. You shouldn't you oh. shouldn't do it yourself. Okay. Uh, you shouldn't self it's called self-communication. You shouldn't self-communicate. There should be unless a, you're a, priest. a minister unless you're a priest or a deacon. I yes. see. I see. Yes. And you know when we receive it, we need to say amen. Um, we have you, you, to. I don't know if you have to. Oh, okay. That's a good question. I um, uh, that it certainly is a tradition, and it's it's absolutely appropriate to say amen. We're saying we believe. Yeah, this is what's happening. Um, you know, the uh, uh, the the minister of the Eucharist will say the body of Christ or the blood of Christ, and you say amen because you're saying yes, I believe that this is the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm okay with receiving it. I, I'm part yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. So that's really what it, it's almost like saying. Uh, I had a priest that what used to say that instead of saying amen, we should say I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, in. <laughs> I'm in in this. You know, it's like I'm the in. body of Christ. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, what is the correct way to um, receive Eucharist or host because I, I see you know when when you when we line up you know yeah when it, we line up you know obviously you don't you know run over it and obviously you yeah. you, you go and with, no, with your respect right. heart so but you know do we use your hand yeah you, your you, mouth uh, your both are correct your your uh, both some are people correct. actually kneel down both uh, it's all correct that. that the the germ says mm-hmm. and and I think that this is in Sacrosanctum Concilium which is the the Vatican II document on sacred liturgy yeah that you may receive uh, communion standing up or kneeling mm-hmm. on your hand on and the tongue oh. or so they're all correct okay. now there might be a particular bishop's conference or a bishop that might say in this diocese the preference is that you should receive standing up or you should receive or you should not receive on the knees or you know but uh, because some the cath- general rule is that you can because you can, some it's cathedral allowed. they even have a, a space where you can, can kneel down. Yes, and they can, and that's a beautiful tradition, and uh-huh. it's it's allowed. Um, okay. uh, I have heard of priests that will tell people that they cannot receive on the tongue. Oh, 
And I don't know if that's just the priest that doesn't want to get, you know, saliva all over his fingers. <laughs> it gets, it gets, it can get, you know, I, I, I get it. Um, but, but the general rule is that you can. The, uh, the bishop in the diocese might say, in this diocese, the, the, the norm is that you only receive on, on the hand or you don't receive kneeling down for, for purposes of unity so that everybody's receiving in the same way. Um, but in general, that's it. And, you know, that dates right back to, you know, the early days. And, and we don't have time now. But if you want to oh. look at the writings, maybe <laughs> next week, yeah. St. Justin Martyr was writing in, in the year 155. So 100 years after the resurrection. Already he's describing how Mass was celebrated, how the Eucharist was distributed. And it's all there. And it's very similar to what we still do today. And St. Cyril of Jerusalem in 321 A.D., was already saying, you know, it's you, almost you receive it. Ago. Yeah, you receive it with your hands. You don't have your fingers spread out. You want to be careful not to drop anything on the floor. Wow. It's already so. This is not something that's that's a recent invention of the church. I see. There you go, Billy Chan. I'm sure. I have more questions. I'm sure we'll have. We'll talk more about the Eucharist next week. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Billy Chan, uh, who has lots of questions on the Eucharist. Uh, you can follow him and ask him questions at B Joe Chan. up in our second half hour, the National Evangelization Teams, and we meet singer-songwriter Lee Ressler, so don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. The National Evangelization Teams began in the United States in 1981. Since then, in the United States alone, they have ministered to more than 2 million young people. It's a very simple model. Teams of young adults travel around the country from parish to parish or school to school offering retreats. NET expanded to Australia in 1988 and Canada started in 1994. The commitment is for a year, and during this year, Net Canada is looking for 60 young people to join. Their hope is to reach 20,000 young people throughout the year. To tell us more about it, I'm now joined by Julia Carvalho. She's the recruiting coordinator for Net Canada. Julia, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much, Dean Pedro. So you, you, you didn't start as recruiting coordinator. You started as a team member, right? So tell me a little bit about how you found out about Net. That is correct. So I I served on NET in 2013-14, and I had heard about NET from my brother, Nick, and also our youth minister at Holy Martyrs of Japan, Ray Reitzel, and we had a couple people from our youth group in our parish serve on NET in the past. Right. So I'd heard about NET, but I didn't really think it was my cup of tea. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up in a Catholic home, and I helped out at the youth group at our church, and I had a deep appreciation for my Catholic faith. But I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus until uh-huh. I became a net missionary. Okay, can I stop you there? Why did you think it wasn't your cup of tea? Well, <laughs> um, on net, at least with the team that I had experienced that came through our parish, you have to get up in front of lots of people. Um, 
you're constantly on right. and that you're giving right. talks and you're presenting skits and sharing your testimony. And I, I do well with people, but kind of, you know, small group settings. And so I, I wasn't quite sure that um, putting on retreats for, right. for hundreds of people yes. would be, would be, your would thing. be my cup of I get tea. it. So what changed? What made you apply then? Who, who convinced you? How did you decide? So basically, um, each of these people that I mentioned planted seeds uh-huh. um, in me to, to be aware of, of what net is. Um, and then it was through prayer. I actually, I said a novena to St. Joseph. Really? Yeah. Huh. And, uh, and then I actually received a phone call from NET saying that they were short one missionary. And his words, the recruiting coordinator at the time, whose job I, I ironically have now. Yes. <laughs> um, they really, they put me at ease. He said, we're looking for one more female missionary. Um, and I said, oh, well, that's flattering that you called me. And he said, I'm not asking you to say yes. I'm just asking you to be open. Hmm. And so I said, okay, I'm open. And, and the next day I was interviewed and accepted. And a wow. week later, I was on an airplane and said my goodbyes. And God changed my life through net that year. Okay, so what was that year like for you? Where did you go? Where did you? How was that process? So I actually served on net in Ireland. Well, okay. with net Ireland, they yep. sent me over to Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, we were one of two of the first teams that they sent to Scotland. Um, and like I said, I joined. I joined in one week, and so I found <laughs> out all of that information very <laughs> right. quickly. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned that I, I was grew. I grew up in a Catholic home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really have that personal relationship with Jesus yet. And so um, one of the first things, and probably my biggest takeaways from my net year, was that um, forming the habit of daily personal prayer, mm-hmm. um, which is scheduled in for our missionaries since from the time that they arrive at training. Mm-hmm. And that's a habit that I've continued to this day, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So that if, if that was the only thing I took away from my net year, yeah. it was worth it. it but was, there was yeah. so much more. I, I learned the value of community life, mm-hmm. um, good communication skills, right. learning to understand and love my net teammates. Mm-hmm. And they all came from different backgrounds and countries and upbringings. Right. So and, how, and one other thing that yep. I learned was that I have a story to share and right. something that words that stuck with me yeah. um, during training that year was that no one um, should underestimate the value of their personal testimony. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a testimony. Um, how long was the training or how long is the training? So the training is five weeks uh-huh. and two weeks on top of that for missionaries who come to music training. Okay. And then... And then you commit for a year. That's the commitment. Yeah. So it's a school year, which um, mm-hmm. including training is about 10 months. Okay. So September mm-hmm. to May. Um, yeah. And uh, what's the difference? Are there, because there are parish teams and retreat teams. Are there different teams? How does that Correct. work? Correct. Yeah. So this year we have actually the largest amount of missionaries. They're just wrapping up their year. We have 61 missionaries and they're on eight teams. Uh-huh. Um, currently four of those teams are retreat teams. Okay. And four of those teams are discipleship teams, um, and they do more localized ministry. Um, and two of the four retreat teams travel the country coast to coast in Canada. Okay, so the, and you're looking for 60 young 65 people to... 65 missionaries. 65 to join for Net Canada this year. Correct. Will some of them also, because Canada and Ireland are the same net organization, right? Same net. Same. All of the net branches are have the same core values. They just handle a few things differently, but they're 
they're in essence the same. But the 65 you're looking for in Canada would be doing ministry in Canada. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And so of those, how does it how do you figure out who ends up in a re- in a parish team or sorry, a retreat team or a local whatever you call them, the local uh, discipleship <laughs> discipleship teams? Yeah. teams? How does that work? So the selection process for our teams um, basically, that happens during net training, okay. and the teams are put together. Um, it's quite a quite an ordeal, but through prayer and discernment, um, so many things are taken into account. Basically, um, people can let us know what their preference is, but that's not guaranteed. It's it's through prayer, discernment. Um, where do we see this person best serving the Lord next year? And I guess part of that also means who, how, who's in the team. So how, once you get to know everybody else, who works well with each other, that kind of thing, they're trying to put together a team that for the best teams. Correct, yes. And every team is equipped with a full band as well. Oh, so wow. that, of course, is factored in. How big are the teams then? How many people in the team? So with our discipleship teams, those are six to eight people on wow. a team. And then with our retreat teams, the two traveling teams are 10 to 12. Um, and then the the two other retreat teams are as well six to eight. Amazing. Um, mm. Can someone, we have a lot of listeners in the United States. Anybody in the United States, can they apply? Do you have to be Canadian if they're in the no. States? Can they join so we, a Canadian we team? We love our internationals. We actually yeah. have eight that are accepted of the 38 accepted for next year. Already. Um, and two of them are American. And uh-huh. we have a few from the Netherlands, Australia. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and but uh, I know, and I don't. I mean, of course, I want them to to join your your teams here in Canada, but it, they can also contact Net USA. Correct. Yeah. They, they they would be recruiting as well. Um, how does does it cost anything? So Net doesn't cost um, the missionary anything. We uh-huh. we do ask each of our missionaries, including our staff, to fundraise. Okay. Um, and that amount is seventy eight hundred. It can be intimidating, but yes. as someone who who fundraised on one single Sunday, I was able to raise three thousand dollars from right. mostly people I didn't know. In your parish. So, if any yep. listeners are intimidated at the prospect of fundraising, don't be, because I often hear, "If it's God's will, it's His bill." Right. <laughs> exactly, and that will pay for your cost. Like, I guess. Food for the year for you guys. At least they feed you. Well, that yeah, that's all kind of distributed into um, the running of our ministry, okay. um, the organizational costs. We also have um, a beautiful ministry called Host Home Ministry, uh-huh. and that is where some of you actually listeners may have hosted net missionaries, yeah, um, taken them into your home and and fed them, um, and had uh, our net missionaries spend their mostly evenings with you and mornings. Um, and that that's how our our missionaries are able to have room and board what, during their net year. Right. Okay, so, Julia, there's probably somebody listening right now, and they've been thinking like, like you were so many years ago. I, I feel called to something. I'm not quite sure. I'm really shy. I don't know about this. What would you tell that person to to maybe encourage them to look further into this? I would say that you have a story to share. It's unique and... I I told our staff this morning, I said in prayer, that that 65th missionary is going to have a unique story that's going to change somebody's life. And so we need your story. The youth of Canada need your story, and they need to know that God loves them. So don't be afraid. God equips the called, um, and we provide an excellent training program and opportunities for you to grow in your ministry skills.
Amen. Okay, great. And it doesn't mean you're going to be a missionary forever. It might just be like Julia said, you just have a personal encounter and have a better prayer life a year from now. <laughs> um, so if people want to find out more, they go to netcanada.ca, correct? Correct, netcanada.ca. And one thing I guess I didn't mention, they have to be over 18? What's the Yes, age? so yes. if you okay. are a grade 12 student uh-huh. graduating this year, up until the age of 30, okay. you are eligible to apply to be a net missionary. Perfect. So there you go. Net Ministries. Go to netcanada.ca. Uh, Julia, thank you very much for telling us a little bit about your experience and about NET today. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Julia Carvalho is the recruiting coordinator for NET Canada. As she said, you can find out more and fill out an application at netcanada.ca. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Lee Ressler, with What You Did from his album, Coming Home. What are you doing? Is this your plan? To take away and show me that the world is in your hands. Because lately, I feel like all I am is a child in need, a soul reaching above the sinking sand.
That was Lee Ressler with What You Did from his album Coming Home. Lee Ressler has been around for about 10, 12 years. Not sure how we've never bumped into each other, but better late than never. Lee's done it all. Leading worship, playing concerts, recording music, running retreats, NCYC, The Fest, Life Teen, Catholic Heart Work Camps. He shared the stage with Matt Marr, Steve Curtis Chapman, Jeremy Camp, Third Day, and Mercy Me. So why don't we just go ahead and meet him? Joining me now is Lee Ressler. Lee, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. So you, you've been around. You've been around. You've done a lot. Uh, but I want to go even back before, you know, when you were young. What was it like growing up? Uh, growing up, uh, to be honest, it was it was good growing yeah. up. Um, I, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have too much of a relationship with God until, right. um, until high school okay. where um, our campus ministry teacher introduced me to worship music okay which which was which was awesome because you know for me worship at that point in my life worship was just something that you know happened in church yeah you know i didn't realize the power of worship right and that worship music could be um could be used everywhere in everyday life right well and sorry were, were you already doing music you're already a musician Yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, as as I was growing up, actually, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it, it turns out I wasn't very funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't work out too well. But I yeah. knew that I enjoyed, um, I, I, don't, I enjoyed bringing joy to people. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, and I naturally, I, don't, I, I just loved music. Right. Um, so, you know, I had an old guitar and I, I started playing. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Um, and at that, at that point it was before YouTube and all these yeah. different yeah. websites that could, that could help teach you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I just, um, I learned to kind of do it, do it by ear as best as I could. I would listen to a song and I, I would think, Oh, well, you know, how, how could this song, how could this be broken down into huh. how yeah. I could learn it? So, so eventually that just grew into, the love of music, right? Was it? Uh, it, it I mean, you you said you you didn't have you know a deep religious or personal experience with with religion or Christ or anything. But was it? Were you Catholic? Was it a Catholic household? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I I grew up in and I, I say that I didn't have like a close relationship with Christ. Um, you know, I, I went to a Catholic grade school. Yeah. At that point, and that's where I loved music, but. Uh-huh. At that time, I was, it was, I was so selfish, you know, I was looking at, I don't want to go to mass early yeah, in the morning. I don't yeah. want to do this. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And, you know, it was all about me, me, me. Yeah. And then when I entered high school and learned what worship could do, I realized that it was all about Christ. Right. And did so you... when I started yeah. to put that, uh, to put Christ first, then um, that relationship really started to grow. And at that point, did you start being more involved in like music ministry in your parish, or were you doing? Yes, work? yeah. So at that point, so my uh, our campus ministry teacher, um, yeah, you know, she agreed to. Uh, well, actually, she she asked me if I wanted to play worship music uh-huh. um, in the mornings at, in high school. Really, and so I agreed to it, not really knowing what worship was, and it was. 
something something in me just clicked like this is what you are designed to do this is what you're made to do right nice. um, to worship the god who who created you right when so it... so i began playing in our in our school and um at different masses and, and then we had a, a worship group that that would go out and um, we would wow. do a whole bunch of ministry things uh-huh. as well. nice were you composing at the time Yes, yes, I was. Wow. <laughs> you know, I was, I was always composing. It's yeah. funny nice. to, to listen back to <laughs> yeah, early. I know. It uh, always is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, to listen back. No, so. that's great. Um, on your website, I found a poster, I guess, um, that has the initials R-E-E-L, Real, Rejuvenate, Energize, Empower, and Live. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. Where did that come from? Um, well, I mean, that's, I, that's exactly that's that's how I was feeling before you know I was I was I entered into just adoring Christ is mm-hmm. you know I needed uh, to be re-energized and, and so does so many people in our faith especially nowadays in our Catholic faith uh, it's you know it's it's hard to turn on the news and watch you know everything that's going on in our faith so to be re-energized right and to be empowered um, in our faith is, is a very important thing. And that's where I was, too. I needed mm-hmm. to be re-energized. I needed to be empowered in our faith. But I, I didn't know what I needed to mm-hmm. be re-energized for. Mm-hmm. So you feel that that's, that's sort of the focus of your ministry then? Are, do, do you feel that, that's, that you feel called more to do that kind of work with young people? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because... Like I, like I said, I, the age I was when yeah. I, I I knew that I needed something deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and and these these young people, oh, I mean, <laughs> you know, not much. In fact, actually, I, I was going to say not much has changed, but in fact, a lot has changed. It's right. harder. Yeah, it's harder for young people nowadays um, to 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 see God. Mm-hmm. It, you know, to to actually um, realize faith and, and realize Christ. Yeah, there's so many more distractions. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. This new album, so you, this is your third album, if I'm correct? Yes. Yes. Um, coming Home, is there something about that title, Coming Home, that I, I can't, I don't know, I don't want to make a connection that's not there, but between kind of rejuvenating, energizing, empowering, coming home. Is there some connection? Yes, there? actually, it, it, it there's a very big connection. So, as we were beginning to write this album, I again, I mean, and I'll say this, and I've said it before, uh, I'm not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, nobody's perfect. So, even though you have this incredible relationship with Christ, there's still, you know, the world that's trying to bring you down. Uh-huh. Um, and. It, you know, at that at that point in my life, when I was when I, we were writing this album, um, I just I felt I felt void of any kind of joy, uh-huh. and and I needed I needed Christ to rejuvenate that joy and and the Holy Spirit to bring that joy back, hmm. and that's that's why um, you know the first song off our album is called I Got Joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask and, you about and, that. Yeah. Right. So and I remember praying before writing this album and saying, "Lord, you know what? I need I need you. You 
to write this album. Yeah. I said, I'll be, I'll be the instrument. <laughs> you know, um, you be the lyricist here. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask about that song because, in fact, I was listening to the songs and I actually thought the album was called I Got Joy for some reason. Oh. And then I saw the <laughs> I saw the email and I went, oh, it's called Coming Home? Really? And then I saw the album cover. And I went, yeah, it's called Coming Home. But for the longest time, I thought it was called I Got Joy. So so there you go. Um, well, yeah. I mean, and that, that, that was, you know, coming home. Is, when we think about, you know, being... You know, I I travel a lot, so mm-hmm. um, I and and now I'm I moved to Michigan with my wife. Yeah, you know, away from all of our family, and so now I really know the important um, importance of home. Yeah, um, and I've always I've always felt a calling um, for for home. Yeah, and you know, it's I, I that's that to me that's where joy lies, and and hmm. that's you know what. Christ has to offer. That's what our Catholic faith has to offer. Yeah. Is a home. Yeah, the longing. Yeah. And then of mm-hmm. course our eternal home where we are all headed. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Amen. So Lee, I'm so glad that we finally connected. I-, I love the music and I am sure that you're working on something else that we'll have an excuse to bring you back on the program and, and learn more about you. Um so be sure to let us know when that next album's coming. Definitely will. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You can learn more about Lee Ressler, his ministry, learn how you can bring him to your parish or your event. You can purchase his music at his website, leeresslermusic.com. And just so that you know, it's Ressler is R-O-E-S-S-L-E-R, Lee Ressler Music. But I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Here now is Lee Ressler with that song that we were talking about, I Got Joy, from his last album, Coming Home. Was testing me. I've been full of doubt that left me falling to my knees, thinking I can never make it out. But then I got up on my feet, cause I got the thing inside of me that picks me up when I am weak. I got joy, I got joy, burning in my soul, so I got to make some noise. I got joy, I got joy. Cross. 
We're listening to Lee Ressler with I Got Joy from his last album, Coming Home. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can always reach us via email at radio at saltandlighttv.org. And you can also find Salt and Light on Facebook and Twitter at Salt and Light TV and at Emmy Callen. And I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. Billy is at B. Joe Chan. There's also a really neat voicemail app off our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. It's really easy to use. Just click and speak if you want to send us a comment. Remember that you can listen to all these interviews and segments again at our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists or guests, so please go and support what they do. And that's also where you can find out how to support what we do. Thank you for being with us. I'm Deacon Pedro. And I'm Emily Callen. And this has been the, the Salt, Salt and Light, Light Hour. Hour. I can't help but sing cause there's a reason to rejoice. I got joy. But when your back's against the walls, when you know that it'll find a way to make your heart go in the shock, speed up the rhythm when you walk. I'll tell you what I've got. I got joy. I got joy. Burning in my soul, so I got to make some noise. I got joy. I got joy. I can't help but sing, cause there's a reason. When the morning comes, if all our hope is stripped away, we can fix our eyes on Jesus, the author of our faith. He endured the cross, despising its shame. Hallelujah, we can say that we got joy. We got joy burning in my soul, so we got to make some noise. We got joy Burning in our soul So we got to make some noise We got joy We got joy Everybody sing Cause there's a reason to rejoice We got joy We got joy